Uh, all right, podcast. Yeah, I can't say that. Choo choo choo! Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. And I'm Turt Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> Dirty though. Uh, settle down, Don. <laughs> we need to give a parental advisory for this. Clicking furiously on my mouse. Eat it. Uh, <laughs> eat the paella. <laughs> That's hot. All right, everybody, let's get swifty. That was cool. That was fun, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to another mind-bending, time-altering, melodramatic episode of Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that would never, ever kill a dog for no good reason at all, especially when there's really, like, no reason to do that. Why why was that even an option? Did we ever discover why? Did it affect anything? Like, you could have thrown the bone into the parking lot or the street. Why would you pick street? You did. I did. You're the one who did it. It I did not kill that dog. You did. Anyway, I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me today is our Instagram storytelling co-host, Corrigan Vaughn. Thank you so much for handling all of those, by the way, because we've never done an Instagram story until you joined, uh, because technology, frankly, confuses Jason and me. So, thank you. Hey, I do what I can with my millennial self. I've had several people be like, who is, what's happening? People who don't listen to the podcast, but like follow us on Instagram just because they are friends with me and they don't like video games. Oh, well, that's but nice. I'm just like, yeah, she's our new co-host and she's been a friend of ours forever. And they're like, but she's not you or Jason. Why is she on the thing? And they're just <laughs> confused. So maybe we need to do a better job. Corey is here forever now, everyone. So yeah, welcome to it. I live on this podcast now. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Uh, and today we are, uh, of course, as always, joined by my big brother and co-host, the Max to our Alyssa, the Samuel to our squirrels, the Mr. Jefferson to our Nathan Prescott. Jason, it's not pronounced Manure Helms. How's it going, man? Uh, so, like, I didn't realize till I was looking through all of those choices options that you could help Alyssa in every single chapter. Oh, my gosh. I, I didn't help Alyssa much at all. And in fact, at the end, Megan and I uh, were like, <laughs> wait, who is Alyssa? Wow. So, really? Yeah. I left her on the roof for sure. <laughs> she, was like, roof? she was on a roof? <laughs> At the end, it's tornado. She's like, you've helped me every single time, Max. Because literally every single chapter has saved her life. From toilet paper, from a football, from a something yeah. else. Pool noodle or something. Yeah, pool yeah. noodle at the party. Pool noodle. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I, yeah, I saw her fall in the water. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could rewind time. Monster. Oh, well, can't do that. I'm a monster. Oh, I loved every time they talked about, oh, there's not enough time to do this thing. Because that happened at least three or four times. Anyway, today we're going to take a deep dive into the 2015 award-winning episodic adventure game, Life is Strange. And I believe this was, was this Jason's idea? Did you pitch this to us? It's possible. What sure. is our last episode? Yeah. He gave us a list of options, uh, Let's go back if you then. recall. Let's, let's say it wasn't Jason's idea, because the only person who played this before was you, Corey. What was your kind of idea of the game? Or you observed the game before? Is that better? Yeah, well... The reason that I was like, hey, let's pick that of all the ones that he had on the list was that I had it on Steam already from wow. uh, my husband playing it four years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's always trying to get me to like play video games with him. Uh, and so he had hooked it up to our living room TV and was like, look, we can play and make choices together. And I was like, OK. And then I spent about 45 minutes watching it. And then I think I went <laughs> to get a snack and I never came back. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Similar experience in the Helms household. Okay, like, yeah. Like your marriage ended? <laughs> <laughs> well, mom went out to go get a snack and never came back. <laughs> Dad went out for, for a pack of smokes, came back, smoked two, and then left forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I guess there's two Helms households because it, it went similarly in my Helms household. Jason, your Helms household went uh, a little longer. She got a snack and she came back. We just finished it. Yeah, yeah. We we just got the uh, the other ending. Uh, we got nice. we finished it last night and then we decided that we weren't going to watch the other ending right away. We're going to oh, like nice. let it sink in to be like this was our ending. Good for you. We'll look at the other one to like know what it was about. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. My dumbass didn't even know like you could that. watch both endings till I read a review of it today and was like, oh. <laughs> What? Oh, I just thought like <laughs> that's it. And then she drove away. Oh, I'm excited to find out which one. Oh, okay. Ta-da. Well, now we all apparently we all chose the same one, and we're all terrible people. Cool. <laughs> so let's get into. We're going to talk about some of the development of this game. Uh, it came out in 2015. Then we'll talk a long time about the gameplay, the choices we make, and then I have a segment specifically talking about choices that I made and kind of how I guess the choices you two made as well, and how they differ and, and why. We're terrible people for choosing them. Uh, and then we'll talk about what else we've been playing, what we're playing next month. And then somewhere in there, we'll talk about what the drink is and what the song is, because that keeps changing the name of that segment. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into the development of the game. Like we said, it came out in 2015, developed by the French studio Don't Nod. Don't do which, it. Uh, and published by Square Enix. Jason, uh, of I'm pointing to Jason because that's of Final Fantasy fame. And that's Final Fantasy, uh, Romancing Saga, um, Near Automata. Uh, oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, they've done a couple. Nice. Yeah. And the Don't Nod guys, the developers, were talking about how they kept shopping around to different publishers, wanting the, who, and they kept getting pushback on Max, the protagonist, and people kept telling them that they wanted the protagonist to be male, but when they presented it to Square Enix, they didn't even question it, and they were actually the first company that not only didn't question having a female protagonist, but didn't want them to change anything about the game. And so they kind of latched onto that doubled or tripled their developer size and then went ahead with the game. And, and it's so yeah. weird. Like it's so weird too. I thought it was surprising. I, I to me. just, it's one of those, I, I don't even know how to phrase this. It just is so strange to me how much pushback there can be about something as simple as like, let's make the character girl. Like, I mean, I don't understand why you'd even try to change that. It seems to fit the game. I don't see how it would be yeah. better the other way. And just the idea that it's like, I don't know. I guess they think, People won't play it. I can do one better. Oh, go for it. Here we go, Jay. Okay, so their previous game, Remember Me, yeah. ran into similar issues mm. where it had a female protagonist and they wanted a male one. And then they got a pushback from producers because the female protagonist has a boyfriend and she kisses that boyfriend. And people were like, um, dudes aren't going to want to be playing this and like kissing another oh, dude. Kiss- like, ah! Well, they fixed that in this game. Female heterosexuality was was a problem. Wow. I wow. There's so many layers of bigotry in yeah. And in just, just toxic masculinity. Yes. And I don't I I shouldn't be surprised and yet the like degree <laughs> to which men can be afraid of in any way feeling possibly gay. I know, is right? always it's just incredible. Can I blame incredible. 80s and 90s sitcoms? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and the Thank movies you. and all of that. I came to a realization recently that one of my like favorite movies ends with like the comeuppance for the bully is being called a homophobic slur. Wow. And I was like, Ugh. You and I remember Toy Story very differently. <laughs> <laughs> that gives new meaning to you've got a friend in me. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Too much? Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> That's coming out. That's coming out. 
<laughs> no, that's got to be in Is there. Oh, Randy Newman. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> um, let's bring it back. What were we talking about again? <laughs> Once they collaborated with Square Enix, they decided to spend most of their budget on writing and voice actors. That was one of my favorite details. Is yeah. their excuse when it, when they, when people pointed out that the uh, the lips don't match what people are saying? Yeah, like ever. They said, "Yeah, we just can't overcome that because we didn't spend enough money on it, and we don't yeah. have the money to do that. Uh, we spent most of our money on the audio budget and on the writing and the voice acting. We made that decision early on, and that was a priority for us. And we realized we we're going to have to let other things go, and we think that we made the right decision." And all the writing about it kept trying to say like, and it really, really breaks the, uh, the realism and the immersion. But you know what? I, I guess it's okay in some ways. It's like, no, it doesn't. I used to watch 24 pixels of Mario yeah. jump over a space <laughs> and like go, oh no, right. like it doesn't break anything. I'm fine. Yeah. For me, considering if there's subtitles on something, I just read it and don't look at it anyway. I yeah. only occasionally even noticed it, but I did think it was weird that the rest of it, like, I mean, I don't know what if it's just really good motion capture. Well, if they didn't spend money, I guess not. But their bodies move in ways that is like really true to humans. And so when you notice that and the mouth's not moving, it is a little jarring. Yes. There was definitely a few times where the mouths didn't move at all. There's just yeah, glitching. Right. Just like long like, monologue. Well, and that's they're weird. Just close yeah, that was a little weird. It's a Garfield and John situation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I like that. Have you seen Garfield without John or John without without, Garfield? Garfield without Garfield. Garfield. Yes, it's brilliant. What is it? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Brilliant. Uh, Ben, it's a a comic strip where somebody went in and digitally erased Garfield and his or digitally erased Garfield's quotes from all Garfield cartoons. Oh, amazing! Because Garfield is always just thinking. Oh, awesome! And so John walks in and says, "I really like this girl, but I'm afraid to call her." (laughs) Blank, blank panel, final panel. I think I should kill myself. Oh my <laughs> it's like, what? John, no. Oh They're gosh. all super dark. Yeah. When you take uh, out Garfield, yeah, it's a whole other thing. That's amazing. Uh, I'm sorry, but that was, yeah, you're right. That is kind of the experience of life is strange and the mouths on it. But also, can I just say, while we're talking about the, like, the yeah. money apparently is on the writing, then the writing <laughs> in this is so weird. And as weird. NorCal kids, yeah, can we weird. just agree that the use of Hella in this is just entirely wrong. It's just wrong. Every level. The, the, script, wrong. the script wasn't written in English. It was written in French. Yeah, you'll explain that, but it was still it was still written again. Yes, no, it was translated. That doesn't excuse everything, but I think it explains a lot of things. The script was literally written. By the way, yes, r- written again. Yeah, it was written again. That yeah. means translated. That's translated. Yes. It was, <laughs> Thank you. The script was literally written in French, which is fine <laughs> and is cool. But because it's trying to be American, then it throws a bunch of things off. Yeah. And so yeah. the use of Hella, uh, things like that. I also, once I realized that it had been written in French and it was a French development company, it changed a lot of things for me. Like, I think mm. a lot of the family dynamics felt mm. a lot more French than you might think, like, quintessential American. Mm. Interesting. Um, just like the kids swearing and stuff. Like, that not being a big deal that, like, 12-year-old Chloe yeah. just, like, dropped an F-bomb. It's like she says like, like that's a dollar for the swear jar yeah. and then she drops an f-bomb two seconds later it's like they're aware that american children aren't allowed to swear but they're also but then they forgot instantly yeah. right yeah that's um, funny but they did a bunch of research they actually went to the pacific northwest uh went to a bunch of towns like just kind of spent time there i think that does show up but it mainly shows up in ways that people are not necessarily fluent in the language and culture wouldn't see so i think it shows up right in the art. 
right? It yeah. shows up in the way they built the town. The town feels right, except people talk. And then you're like, mm, you don't sound quite, the dialogue's not right there. It's a little off. Yeah. I, th- I thought the voice acting, maybe not the script being perfect, right? but I thought mm. the voice acting for the most part was really, really well done. Other than Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. She was like an alien. Yeah, you have nothing to do oh with Oh my gosh. That was just like ripped me out. Her and her weird so little weird, mumble man. thing. That brought just... me out of it every single time. Well, she, was also, on a, I mean, she was on a roof? Yeah, she was on a roof. She was like, <laughs> so she help, died. I'm up here. And I was like, you know what? That's the last time, Alyssa. You have, <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, overused my kindness and you will stay there. Yeah, um, with that. The, and they also, I mean, I looked up all of the voice actors a week or two ago when I yeah. sent you the weird, like, this guy is William? Because yes. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like, William is like this suave, younger, handsome man is played by this, like, old dude. I love it. But the um, Mr. Or Jefferson? Jefferson? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He, he's um, Tim Riggins' older brother on Friday Night Lights. Whoa. And then once I realized that the rest of it, that's all I could, like... Yeah. Here, I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm, is, that, yeah. is that a direction you saw that character going towards Tim Riggins' older brother on <laughs> yeah, Tim, or no, Tim Riggins' older brother becoming a? Oh. Uh, okay, a spoiler thing. alert! Here we go. Here it is. Spoilers! 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 Yeah, you know uh, that is the natural progression of that show. That's true. That makes <laughs> the high school sense. football to serial killing. Yeah, let's um, let's talk about the Frenchness again of that of a world renowned photographer teaching at a high school. Yeah, one right. right? That's very French. Um, it is. That absolutely is extremely completely. French. Completely. Like you basically, if you're a college professor, you start out teaching high school and you do that for like a decade. And then getting tenure is going up and teaching college. Like they have a very different system. Wow. And just the incredible, like the rigor of the French academic system too, yep. calls for that kind of uh, expertise when yep. people are teaching. So yeah, it completely makes sense. Cause and it's funny now I did not look this up. I did not know that it was French and looking at stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, this answers a lot of things for me. So that was yeah, amongst I'll, them that I was like, yeah. what is this guy doing here? I will totally <laughs> escort a high school student to a field trip. Just the two of us. We'll go to San Francisco together. Right? We'll get a hotel room. That's a normal thing to do. That's fine. dude. Um, and then let's point That's out fine. when Victoria offered to trade sex with him for winning the contest. What was wrong with that? According to the game, what, what, what was wrong? What was immoral? It was the idea that she was trading it to win the contest. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was the blackmail. It was not the idea that a teacher and a student might have sex. Right. Yeah. It Which seemed, is like, let's the not reaction talk about that, seemed you know? pretty under underwhelming to that. That I was like, this seems like it should be a bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not. So this brings me. So my first thought of this game, and probably my most prevalent one, which was, this is like the most Veronica Mars video game ever. Very. In the sense that there were so many times, and you shouldn't watch it. It's not amazing. But it's, sorry, Chad, I know you're listening. You love this game. but uh, Or you love love Veronica Mars. Uh, But I've watched it all several times. I really enjoyed it. Uh, And I can admit it's not amazing, but there's so many moments where I'm like, where are the parents? Like, why don't the (laughs) teachers do something? People are murdering people. People are having sex on, like, rooftops of the school. People are, like, just doing insane things that, like, just they are the children of the school are, like, the center of the universe in that town. It's like adults make these things, like, make the video games, make Veronica Mars and stuff like that. And the actors and voice actors are all adults. And it's like no one steps back and goes, like, wait, was that what high school was like? So, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons it has a lot in common with Veronica Mars is both this and Veronica Mars were heavily influenced by Twin Peaks. Well, yeah, yep, for sure. Definitely. Now, so to the degree that Chloe's license plate is Twin Peaks. Right. Yeah. Um, but there, there <laughs> were multiple Twin Peaks references. Um, when you read Nathan's... Firewalk with me. Firewalk, Firewalk yeah. with me. When you read Nathan's letter from his psychiatrist, it's Dr. Jacoby, who is the psychiatrist oh, from nice. Twin Peaks. It's basically the plot itself is very Twin Peaksy. Right. Oh, and yeah. The, the missing girl, the dead girl, which is Laura Palmer being replaced yeah. by Rachel Amber. And then what Twin Peaks did is they went back and did a prequel about the last week in the life of Laura Palmer. And that's the same thing that uh, Don't Nod did next was oh, Tell yes. Before the Storm, which is the last week of the life Just of it. Rachel Amber. Nice. Uh, so it's it's lots and lots of connections. And in fact, the most Twin Peaksy moment is in that moment just before you get to your final choice when everything starts walking backwards and talking backwards, which is a Twin Peaks, you know, staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't Brilliant. even think about that, but that's true. Great. Yeah. I noticed the like the two the first two things you mentioned, the license plate and then in the mirror or on the mirror where it says fire yeah, off of me. Fire that was it, though. Me. Yeah. And then I guess the Pacific uh, Northwest Ma- as well. And, and Megan and I watching it. We just watched Twin Peaks together last year. And right. so, like, we just binged the entire thing. And so we were, like, flipping out at these and just like, <laughs> oh, it's that. I've That's edited, kind of like, 38 hours of Twin Peaks podcast and still never seen an episode. Wow. Seen an episode. Well, you've seen <laughs> well, one episode, Ben. I have. Terrifying. The whole, I mean, the whole game, too. Sorry. You're I just good. No, no, you're good. Yeah, the yeah. whole game is full of, like, the references that yeah. shape it anyway. I mean, if you... Um, I don't think Jason looked at the stories I was making at all, but Ben saw this, that like one of the things was they were in a gallery and yes. like all the artist names are all authors. Like, yes. Mike, like, you know, Michael Chabon and uh, Ken Kesey's name comes up there. Margaret Atwood, like things like that. And throughout the entire game, there's just all these little references that you see are clearly these big influences that the people making this game had. One yep. Max Caulfield. Yep. Like, oh Which, yeah, nice. The funny thing about that is, like, yeah, I get where they were going with that. However, my thought was Maxwell Caulfield is the guy who plays Rex Manning in, in <gasps> Empire Records. Wow. <laughs> so. Corey, Corey, we we mustn't dwell. Not today. <laughs> Not today. We can't. Not on Rex Manning Oh, my day. gosh. Wow. Uh, so uh, Max Caulfield was played by Hannah Tell, uh, who you might recognize from iCarly. I didn't. That's a Nickelodeon yeah. show for children. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, if, if you recognize her from iCarly, we're having a longer conversation. <laughs> Strange <laughs> Venn diagram of those two audiences and with our show. And anyway, and then Ashley Birch, who I, I follow on all of the social medias uh, of Rocket Jump fame. Probably not what she's most famous for, but uh, she had a web series called Hey Ash, What You Playing? And also she's from she's Alloy in Horizon Zero Dawn, which is how Jason. That's are. right. But she played Chloe Price. And Al- Alloy is probably top five video game character for me. I was going to uh, say, is like, that a video game or? Okay, yeah, gotcha. No, she's a really, she's a really, really good female protagonist. Uh, I've got lots of thoughts about that game and someday we'll play it. But it's a great game that does really, really bad at appropriation of native culture and really, Ooh. really good at uh, a strong female protagonist. Nice. All right. We'll talk about that later. There we go. All right. So the game was generally well received. Uh, pretty good reviews across the board and a lot of, a lot more audience awards than kind of critical reviews, I guess, or critical awards. Uh, but yeah, received over 75 Game of the Year awards and listings. And then Jason's favorite review would be game director Yoko Taro, who <gasps> listed the game what? as his favorite, or I guess amongst his favorite PS4 games. <laughs> Yoko Taro? That's right. Director of 
Nier Automata. And a bunch of other games. I think and Automata the, also. the Yorha stage play. Uh, and obviously. the stage play Yorha Boys. I would have said that. And, of course, Drakengard series. I wish um, everyone could have experienced Jason's expression just now because it was truly magical. Yeah. Like, that I, was I just spent the entire bliss. afternoon... Okay, okay, this is so good. Uh, I spent the entire t- afternoon talking with a former student because um, her favorite game ever is Life is Strange, which I finished last night. And she just finished Nier Automata and wanted somebody to talk oh, to about it. Oh, nice. And so, like, we sat down and we just went back and forth between Life is Strange and Nier Automata, like, just celebrating both. That's awesome. And so the fact that Yoko Taro loves Life is Strange just makes me so happy. Because those games feel like they have nothing in common. That's cool. <laughs> uh, in 2016, uh, the year after the game came out, Square Enix sponsored its own Everyday Heroes contest. Oh, no way. Yeah, they had their own photography contest inspired by the game, obviously, and offered a $10,000 scholarship for whoever won. And I'm... I couldn't find the like the page, the webpage that that was on now just goes to uh, Life is Strange 2 website. So there's no like record of it that I could find, but I'm assuming somebody won that and won 10,000 bucks. And that's awesome. This also raises like the question to me in the game, though. Like, I don't understand that everyday hero contest. Like the, the, the title of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't. It made no sense whatsoever. And her picture was a picture of a bunch of pictures. I don't. It was I'm sorry. I just have looking at pictures oh right right right. yeah picture and so it's, and it's is actually she more the meta hero? than that i don't um i was very photography convinced. photography itself is the real hero and is therefore that that's why she wins yeah just like so everything that feels is meta. like something that a, a photographer would pick as the winner exactly her photograph is about photography the rewind mechanic is about video games and your ability to reload your previous state mm. which is why they'll play with you in one case and don't let you reload sorry they what they play with you on, on the rooftop with Kate. They don't let you reload. Oh, yeah. Mm. Found that one out the hard way. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you both killed Kate? Yeah. Hard. Jeez. It was, yeah, sometimes when making choices, the phrases that you're given oh, in yeah. order to decide what you're going to do yes. are confusing or don't, they're vague. I have no idea what they are. So I think with Kate, Kate standing on the rooftop, for example, I don't remember exactly what the choices were, but I was kind of like, I just sort of like picked one because I didn't really know where they were going per se. So none of them gave me a real sense of what was about to unfold. And that happened several times throughout the game that, I mean, that one was the undoable choice, but with uh, various things throughout the game where it was just kind of like a random phrase. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I guess I'll click it and just see what it's gonna say. Uh, so that was a that was an issue for me. That reminds honest. me again of Horizon Zero Dawn, which has a really good system for dialogues. This way, it always gives you three options, and it's heart, brain, and uh, strength. Oh, and so like you know, kind of like the outcome is going to be the same. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the really good. So guys are constantly hitting on the protagonist, mm. and her response is to turn all of them down. Right. Like, that's not a choice you get to make. Right. Uh-huh. She's on an epic quest. Why would she stop and start like making out with someone? And right. so you can give them like a cerebral, like here are the reasons why we shouldn't, you should set, give them a heart one about like, you know, Hey, I really do care about you and I'm, you know, I'm flattered and all, but that's just not where I'm at. Uh, or you can be like, screw you. That's gross. Go nice. Away. And it's <laughs> I like, like that. you're, it's going to be the same outcome, but you're, you get to change the flavor. Mm, um, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really nice way to handle those, those kind of dialogue things. Um, it never gives you the illusion that you get to make all the choices. Right. And they do kind of play with that in the, at the very end during the nightmare sequence yes. with Mr. Jefferson, where like all four yes. of them are like, I love you. Can we just kiss? Yeah. Like, I love being in your class or whatever it is. Oh, uh, like, that was, uh, that was not great. I think, um, I think that yeah. was a nod to 
I, I mean, to what you're saying, just like you can't always, you don't have control. We're, we're yes. giving you very limited control in the dialogue options. That, and and as Corey, Corey was just introducing, we, we'll have in the gameplay, we'll talk about choices okay. uh, a bunch. Right. And that's one I want to return to. All right, two last things about development yeah, since that was that. my homework. And I feel like I've slacked, but you, Ed and Corey, you've covered pretty much everything. Um, <laughs> one, Don't Nod uh, went bankrupt. They were uh, the highest subsidized. Uh, subsidized. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, video game company in France, um, and so that was for their first game, Remember Me, and kind of leading into Life is Strange. They just were flush with cash that they were spending crazy amounts with. When you say uh, subsidized, do you mean like by the government? Uh huh. Because oh. other countries spend money on the arts. <laughs> Weird. Fancy that. Interesting. So we covered Kona a couple months ago. That was another yeah. game that was mostly, it was, I think, 50-50 or roughly 50-50 subsidized and um, uh, raised. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they, they were heavily subsidized. The game tanked and it hurt Capcom and didn't really hurt the government because, you know, just went away. Um, and then they went bankrupt and the bankruptcy didn't finish up until 2018. So, like, they actually made all of their money while being while going through bankruptcy court. So that's just another interesting thing about this company. Quite. But something I thought was really cool is all the textures in the game were painted by hand. Oh. I think it, it like really... No wonder they went bankrupt. Yeah. Well, it's it seems to be like by the art director. Like that's just kind of his wow. passion at doing these things. Wow. Is he, it just shows him with a stylus. Now, I couldn't find more about that. Mm-hmm. This is all... They're all done digitally painted. Um, done digitally painted. Mm. <laughs> Y'all done got digitally painted. <laughs> it done got digitally painted. You got one of them there Wacom tablets. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, it looked really cool. I liked his process. liked watching him paint. Um, yeah, those, those are my two things. Jeez. The thing that I was curious about um, that we haven't actually touched on with this at all is um, who... who are these people who made this game? And specifically, <laughs> who wrote it because it people? feels it feels like dudes to me. Yes. Oh, it's very dudes. Yeah. And it's very dude heavy. <laughs> um it yeah. is artsy dudes. Yeah. Well, they're French. S- they're French. Somewhat yeah. artsy dudes um that might like have I I I put them kind of politically maybe the Bernie bro category. Mm, um interesting. You know, which would carry its own issues, but like sure. they've they've got, you know, that's about where they're at. And I think that fits in nicely with like, I think they were trying to do something progressive. Yes. Right. And then let's have some conversations about the ways in which that succeeded and the ways in which it didn't. Right. And that's, I felt like it was worth approaching that first coming at this because just from the perspective of seeing what this game is trying to do in various ways and what in many ways ended up then frustrating me immensely as we went through it, I was like, this cannot, this can't have been women. Women didn't make this. there were uh, women working at the company. I, I watched some videos, and I, I believe I did see women in, in there, but mm-hmm. the sense I got was they were pretty far below the line. Right, yeah, that makes sense. All right, Ben, Gameplay. onward. Gameplay. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, yeah, I, in, instantly in this game reminded me of the movie The Butterfly Effect. 
And yes. that was even before I saw the blue butterfly land coming into land. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that was a nice little nod to the the time travel moments that happen. Doesn't um, I think someone in the movie movie in the game actually legitimately makes yes. a butterfly effect. I think Warren says point. it when he's talking about man like chaos and strange attractors. Max, let's go ape. <laughs> Dude, that's a good Warren. Thank you. I was really proud of it. That was, that was a really was good Warren. Very spot on. Let's let's never do it again because I'll, I'll <laughs> so, fail. Uh, and then there was the other do you article. Want to watch Cannibal Holocaust later? <laughs> and th- this might be the end of the gameplay because the title I think summed it up perfectly. Which the title of the article was Juno plus Donnie Darko plus Gone Home equals yep. Life is Strange. Yep. I don't know yeah. Gone Home. That's pretty good. So Gone Home handles queer romance much better. Yeah. It <gasps> okay. Does. Gotcha. All right. All right. Uh, Gone which, Home by the is way, a horror- Main character of that one, Sam. Sam. Yep. And oh, yes, worry. I've already worry, made the listeners. mashup of Sam and Max. Yeah. <laughs> so it's on our Slack channel, of course. Yeah, check it out later. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So uh, Gone Home, which we've also covered, Corey, you should check yeah, the that, episode. And I do remember listening to it. It just was a while ago. It's it's a horror game where the real monster is heteronormativity. Um, it's, <laughs> nice. it's pretty solid. That's actually okay. pretty accurate. Yay. I like it. It's a good tagline. You should right, pitch that to them. Big idea gameplay stuff as far as just like general takeaways. Let's talk choices. I think you want to do that yeah, right away? Yeah, let's. let's that, I mean, that's the. Never mind. Wait, big well, no, over. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. That's, <laughs> that's what I meant. Like the big overarching thing to talk about would be like how it uses choices. Oh, well, gotcha, I just okay. meant my like take on gameplay overall here yeah. right now is just that it was a reminder of how much I hated choose your own adventure when oh, I was a kid. Yes. Because I was always the kid who had like my thumb in the last page to see like, you know, like I don't like where that went and to go back. And with this, it was like, it was doing that. And I had, my thumb was that rewind button and I was trying to be decisive about things and not keep going back. But also I was like, oh, but I know I can change it and I can fix it. And I'm not like this in real life. Decisions are not hard for me in real life, but (laughs) God damn, I was just, oh, it was, yeah, that was, the one that's my overarching gameplay thing is it was just a reminder that choose your own adventure is very stressful and I don't like it. I'll say for, for me when it comes to the kind of the choices aspect of the game, I love the kind of choose your own adventure games and I telltale is kind of the best example of that, especially for our podcast we've done it. We did, but you can't go back in telltale games, right? right? Exactly. Which was always my biggest frustration, especially because you had the choices that was like, Kill him or maim him. I was like, oh, uh, wait, that's the same thing. But like, depending on what you picked, it would change history forever in that game. And then it, we also talked about in those episodes the kind of the false idea, right? The the that you can actually change the plot, right? For the mm-hmm. most part, it changes. It the only thing that changes is the thing at the the graphic at the end. It's like sixty five percent of the people made the same choice that you did, and you're like, ah, right. oh, damn it, I'm basic. So. <laughs> But yeah, my other stressor throughout this entire game, Ben <laughs> saying I was basic and then uh, me being like, ah, shit. Shit. Uh, my yeah. stressor was seeing the graphics and saying the same thing it showed you basically too. So <laughs> I'm no, I was no different, <laughs> but uh, I, I love the rewind aspect of this because I think I saw every single possible choice throughout this game. I took a 12 hour game and made it probably an 18 hour game because of that. <laughs> I loved that. The problem with that, Jason was you had the answer to it, which was you picked your ending and you sat with yeah. it for 24 hours. Yeah. Because there's so many times when we're texting or even tonight, I'll probably be like, what did I choose? I did both. <laughs> yeah. But I made sure in the ending, I know which one I did first. So I have that one, but because I did so many of the endings and obviously you have to pick one to go to move the story forward. I know which one I did, but there was a, definitely a lot of caveats mentally where I was like, well, I'll pick this cause I know where it'll go, but 
I was never like emotionally attached. Per, I was never like, I would make this choice as Max or as Ben or whatever. I was just kind of like game playing it. And that's the cool thing with Max having this power is you get to role play as Max trying different choices. And so even when I was trying different choices, it wasn't me being like, hey, I wonder what happens over there. Most of the time it was like, ooh, I didn't like how that turned out. Would Max rewind this? No. <sighs> oh, interesting. Like she's, she's actually happy with this. <laughs> or no, 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 Max doesn't want that to happen. Like, and it was that, that feeling of trying to learn who is Max. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Which fits high school because that's what high school is all about is trying to figure out who you are. Oh, that's a good point. True. Otters, Bigfoots, big feet, sharks. <laughs> The mascots? Yeah, why are there so many mascots? Is don't, forget the vortex mascots? Club. don't forget and the, the vortex, vortex Club. And the Vortex Club was just, I thought that was just like an extracurricular thing. Yeah, yeah but it's don't. still like themed to the school or something. I guess. All right, yeah. So these are alternate histories colliding. Uh, one in which the school had the mascot of the otter. Another in which, uh, no, I got nothing. Okay, you almost got me. <laughs> Stop it. You're too convincing with things like that. I'm like, Really? Oh, I mean, maybe you're right. Who knows? Maybe that is what they were going oh, for. I, I would love it if that was a subtle nod to that, but they <laughs> don't. I know. Can can we get into time travel real quick? Nice. I see what you did there. And, and chaos theory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know okay. neither one of you is a k k chaotician. but uh, chaotician. Why? No. Uh, tiny imperfections. If she so. never rewinds. Does that save Earth? Like, are all eco-tragedies a result of her traveling in time? You can't never rewind, though, because some things it makes you rewind. That's so true. Th That's true. This is kind of like the, um, uh, what's the show? Uh, Final Destination, right? Sure. The Final the Destination show. idea where, where death is trying to get them. Yes. But death is never personified. Corey's seen right. this once or twice. Yeah. And so there's... Yeah, Maybe a few times. There's no, like, figure with, um, you know, the Grim Reaper following them around. It's the idea of death. And so an, one interpretation of that is that the universe has a way it's supposed to play out. Right. And it plays out um, almost like gravity with like a certain kind of entropy or something like that, that like, this is just the natural way that things fall. And if you try to pull away from that, there's a, a force of gravity that would kind of like make it snap back. And so as you pull away, you could see like a terror and a terror might show up with just like whales beaching themselves, a tornado hitting something like that. That would just be like, eh, screw it, this whole area is done, and we'll just all move on. Uh, it would be just like the force of the universe itself trying to yeah. hold itself together. Yeah, mm. I mean, that makes sense. It depends <laughs> like, sure. oh, it doesn't. No, yeah. I mean, I think that is, that's kind of, I guess, how I interpreted it. I hadn't really related it back to the Final Destination kind of way of looking at it. But yeah. Yeah. But I think one of the things that also bugged me, because I didn't want to rewind on things, was the, that you had to. And so I always wondered, yeah, the same sort of thing you did, Ben. Like, if I just went forward and just made choices... Does it save everyone? Would this not go this way? Right. So let's talk about our endings, because I want to use that to justify my choice. Okay. Um, so what did you all choose? I know what Ben chose, but let's let's just go around the table. I chose everything. Yes. Yeah, he chose Sacrifice everything. everyone. Wait, I... Yeah sacrificed the town yeah i sacrificed the town we're all together Yay! yeah i don't it, but it was a very it was a tired choice yeah that mm. i was not attached to chloe or the town same and in my head i was going you know what this place sucks anyway and maybe it does need to be wiped off the face of the earth it was like wow. my just like wow that was kind of where my head was. And I was like, fine, just like save Chloe, whatever. So it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't really a deep thing. I wanted I wanted Chloe to still be dead when I killed her <laughs> earlier. So you wanted you wanted to kill Chloe and the town. Sacrifice your, both. Your your regret yeah, is that you weren't able both. to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, basically. Can like, more people I, die? 
Got it. I was. It was not fair that I unplugged her or whatever, and then it just went backwards, and my choice didn't stick. Yeah. She should have been dead already. She so, should have been dead. And then I wouldn't have had to choose. The choice I was happy so, with, happiest with is when I made her commit suicide. <laughs> yes, that was the that's, that, that was, was the my, choice I felt most at peace about in this. Right. That's Corey's headcanon. Yeah, that's how the game ended. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So I would roll say the credits. My choice was based more off of my perception of you guys, <laughs> because I was like, oh, of course, both these two jackoffs <laughs> over here are going to choose to change, like save the whole town and kill this one person because they're trying to be good people, and you can mm. see their stats at the end. So I was like, okay, so I'll just, I guess, I'll just kill the town and save this one person because I have to find out how the game ends that way. But no, that would have, that probably would have been a good way to do it. Had you not told me I was basic in the first chapter. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Just you know, whatever you choose, I'll make fun of you. Jason has known this for a long time. It's true. You've known it's this true. for a long time. It's no, true. No matter yeah, what. Valid, point. valid point. Hold on. I just will say, I did go back and do both endings just to see it. The ending where you sacrifice Chloe and save the town is maybe a thousand times better of an ending story-wise. That's what I read in one of it's the reviews. So it was like, it's like heart-wrenching and all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, the other one is just like, and then you drive away. Yeah, yeah. that's all it was. You see Warren's dead body next to the two whales and you just drive out <laughs> of town. Like, oh. Mm. oh, I totally didn't see Warren's dead body. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> oh, Tell wow. me your justification <laughs> for, for yeah. killing Warren. Jay. So in the last like hour of gameplay, yeah. you are given lots of like chances to save people and connections with people in the town and then you're given like your entire history with chloe in order to like get you closer to each of them just before that though you make a series of choices and the thing you learn in that is so far you've been using your choices in conversations to manipulate people and get them to do what you want and now instead of doing what they want all of the winning options are what they don't want are you telling them the hard truths that they need to hear you being honest with them, you being like just forthright and not using your time powers to manipulate people. And you can say it's still a kind of manipulation, but it's, it's supposed to be not the thing. You're, right. The lesson you're learning is like, it's wrong. Mm. Rewinding time is wrong and trying to change things is wrong, especially when I'm manipulating people. And the thing that's wrong is not necessarily the time travel, but the manipulation. Right. right. And so by the time you get to the end, she is saying these things about, I should have never rewound time. The universe is trying to teach me that rewinding time is wrong. You can't change these things. If that's what the universe is trying to teach you, how is the how in any universe is the answer to rewind time? It's a good point. Like if I'm oh, yeah, if I'm point. Max in that moment, my my reaction is, wow, I should never rewind time. I guess I'll go rewind time. One never more rewind. time. What? No, no, no. Don't yeah. do that. Like <laughs> you just did you learn anything? If you actually learn the lessons of the video game, the choice you have to make is to stick with the choices you've made. No, even if that destroyed the whole town. It's funny though that. I did have the thought that if I rewind time again, isn't everything still going to be messed up and the town's going to get destroyed anyway? And so I had like that in my oh. head, but it didn't occur to me to think of it as, you know, a lesson learned. I was just kind of like, I just feel like everything's going to die anyway. <laughs> that was die. as far into it as I thought. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, by the way, what is Hot Dog Man? Hot Dog Man! My favorite, my favorite. Is that a real is that, thing? I hope not. My favorite moment is that Hot Dog Man is an everyday hero. <laughs> There's a picture of him in the gallery. Yes. Oh my gosh! I didn't even. I don't even think I realized that. Love it. That, love I spent it. a lot of time in the gallery. See, I did the opposite of that, as Ben knows from the stories, because I was stressed out by the idea that I was supposed to small talk with people. 
It's like, oh no, uh, I cannot yeah. do this. No, I'm at. How do I get out <laughs> get of this? Get me out! Stab! <laughs> stab! Stab! <laughs> like, that was the some, most stressful part of the whole game. There's some beautiful Giacometti-inspired uh, sculptures in the basement, uh, which was inexplicable because it's a photography gallery, not I don't, a sculpture gallery. I don't know what a Giacometti is. Yeah, uh, it's he was a sculptor, but. Um, they, they redid it so that instead of people walking, which is the um, Giacometti sculpture, it's the Ministry of Silly Walks. Uh, and so it's like these fancy <laughs> I know blinds, what that they're, is. <laughs> they're doing the Monty Python walks. And nice. she looks at one and goes, that walk looks silly. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. I that's get a, it. Don't that's worry, a very guy brush comment for her yeah. to have made. Yes, exactly. Yes. There's not a lot of like levity in this game. So those odd moments when like she does say something like that, you're like, oh, hmm, that's right. She is a teenager. Because even her like home base of like her relationship with Chloe was so aggressive and not yeah. relaxing. No, it was so yeah. stressful and antagonistic. I mean, their entire friendship is so incredibly stressful. I just like yeah. you know when you have a friend who you're never comfortable with, like you're really like you like them and everything, but when you hang out, you just always feel. Like you have to perform or like something is off and you're never yeah. like that's the entire game between her and Chloe. I'm like, ah, I just feel like there's a lot of both of them having to try to be someone and perform yeah. a thing. And it's very uncomfortable. Even, like, so I was going to say an example. And I kept thinking of like 30 because it really is every single scene. Like when she dares Max to kiss her and Max does or doesn't in your, I don't know. She did in mine. Yeah. And yeah. even that it wasn't like this, like touching, like, breakthrough in their like romantic relationship chloe makes fun of her like yeah. two separate times in the following few scenes it's like yeah it's definitely doesn't feel like uh like intimate or close or vulnerable right. at all yeah which i think would have changed the way i played the game had i felt more intimacy between any given character for that matter yeah instead of that sort of very everything felt very fraught between everybody yeah so the other thing is I, I thought until tonight uh, that they kept the relationship between Chloe and Max ambiguous where mm. I felt like there was something going on. <laughs> right. But the game never like satisfied that in a way. Right. And I did not think there was anything going on. Oh, oh really? So then I watched the other ending and they full on just give a big passionate kiss. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Right before she sacrifices her. And it's like, see, it was, it was true. And it's like, I, I was kind of okay with it. But yeah. um, well, and apparently from what I read, the other the other games apparently go into this much more than this yeah. one does. So, and and I feel like considering what you're saying about how they wanted the protagonist to be a guy and that they were worried about what happened with dudes not being okay with gay subtext in the other game and stuff like that, that I wonder how much testing the waters are doing with this one of how much can we sort of put in here without people freaking out. Um, which isn't an excuse per se, but I do. I wonder if that's part of. I wonder if the episodic that. gave them more freedom too, because they don't have mm. to like approve the whole game for the publisher. They can get away with some stuff later on and be like, sure. well, this episode's coming out. Like we can't redo this whole scene. Yeah. Right. I don't think people had an issue speaking for all of the people that I've never yes. met. I don't think those people had an issue with the gay subtext as much as they had an issue with guy, gay subtext. Cause right. there was yeah. Max kissing Chloe early on in the San Francisco photo gallery huge photo of two women kissing uh in max's nightmare which by we haven't we haven't talked about at all i really thought yeah. that was a cool oh, yeah we'll talk, come back that to was that. great chloe and, uh, and victoria kiss 
in the in like the dark. No, they full on make out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also the like that entire thing. It's like, oh, was was that? No, it's like, oh, Chloe, you're so hot, and all this kind of oh, stuff. And I was so like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was the worst. And then the apparently, worst. if you choose to kill her to sacrifice her, then they make out next to yeah. the um the lighthouse. So there's and there's zero guy on guy action. Nathan and Warren yeah. punched each other. They never kissed once. I counted. <laughs> so it was just. Well, it was very much like obviously like lesbian and gay r- romantic relationships are treated very differently in our yeah. culture. I, I mean, it's not even our culture. It's France. So France, I don't even want to speak still, to that. But well, and apparently there is like gay slash bisexual men in the other games as okay. well. All right. So this is I think I mean, this is one of the things that there's so much that I'm critiquing about this that I wonder how much. I would feel differently playing um, before the storm. Yeah. Before the storm. We'll we'll play that Uh, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, because so much of it is, you know, the whole thing is very much lesbian fantasy type thing. You know, it's like girls at slumber parties having pillow fights type stuff. There's a lot of scenes that seem like that between Chloe and Max too. Yeah. Going back to Jason were ambiguous, but it was also like, if they were just friends, they wouldn't be, like sleeping in their underwear in the same yep. bed and like snuggling yep. in the morning and stuff. I was like, that's... like, no, we'd sleep in underwear in the same bed, but not the snuggling part. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was always but, like one thing too yeah. far. I was like, that's doesn't seem as ambiguous as right. As, as more striking. lesbian fantasy. Yeah. The sexuality and gender dynamics in this are amongst the things that were frustrating. And especially, I mean, I don't want to like jump too far ahead or things like that, but um, that for me, I think I was enjoying the game despite my critiques about it for the first four episodes and the fifth i was like and was like about to throw things let's get into it and a lot of that had to do with that the gender dynamics and things like that in this and in the end of this game like one of the things that you notice throughout this entire game is that all the men are shitty you know they're all terrible and then they get these unearned redemptions in the end of it you know and so like uh, Max ends up basically apologizing to David for ruining his relationship and things like that. But he's verbally abusive and has been surveilling his home without the people living in its awareness of it. Physically abusive in mind. Yeah. Right. Like he's got all these, you know, really big problems that she's now apologizing for. Uh, and then you have like, um, like reasons like even Nathan Prescott sort of has like reasons why he became this kid that he became. And then you have like the principal, Principal Wells, who is basically, you know, he's an alcoholic who sacrifices the well-being of the students of his school in order to sort of keep his place because he's afraid of rich people. And they all end up with these redemption arcs that to me paired with this sort of objectifying of the female body and this idea of like the like fun, sexy lesbianism and stuff like that was just really, I don't know. It was to me kind of undid a lot of the goodwill that I had for the rest of the game and sort of giving it the benefit of the doubt of the way those relationships were playing out. So I, I want to have a much longer conversation. I think I want to free us up to make these critiques and I want to have a much longer conversation about uh, kind of queer gaming and stuff. Mm. I just got to last week meet the author of um, an edited collection called Queer Gaming and an edit- and a monograph called Games Have Always Been Queer, uh, Bo Ruberg. 
and uh, they are awesome. And so I'd love to have them on as guests yes. sometime and we can have a much longer conversation. Yeah. One other thing that I'm kind of conscious of, though, is I teach a class on gender and sexuality in video games. And I've had a lot of students really connect yeah. with Life is Strange. Hugely. And hugely. That game like mattered to them in mm -hmm. high school. That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, for many of them when they were closeted and, and many of them, you know, still are. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so one thing I also want to say is just because we've got critiques. Yeah. Doesn't mean that this game can't have meant exactly. wonderful, amazing things to you. That's yeah. fair. Um, Which is exactly how I even kind of heard of this game in the first place was largely from people um, who were LGBT plus people and talking about what this meant to them and, and you know, that kind of world that this opened up and seeing that kind of representation, which to me, you know, I critique it and also acknowledge the importance of that, but also is one of those tricky things about representation is that when there's nothing, these little bits can mean so much to people and there should be something so much better. And again, maybe the other games in the series are, but I can understand this feeling watching it while also being like, you know, there's a lot of, issues in the way that they and I read a couple sort of blogs and reviews that talked about that as well of sort of the you know it's not necessarily the best representations but it's still doing something that's yep. hugely significant and if we really want to respect uh queer games getting better uh, especially triple a indies like this yeah that means they're worthy of critique as well exactly right, right. Yeah, so right. they need to be able to stand to that otherwise that's disrespect to not actually you know say hey this could be better Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, solid stuff. But yeah, that was just, you know, my my thing on that that I had to sort of get through is this weird. I don't know. I think being a straight woman also, you know, you're more aware of the objectification than you are thinking about, like what this means to, you know, queer communities in gaming. Right. So I'm looking at it from that specific perspective. Um, and that's going to be very different. But also this sort of toxic masculinity and all that kind of stuff and how it's forgiven in the game was yep. an issue for me. But yep. yeah, I don't know what it, I, I'm curious as to how you guys felt about the arc overall, because that for me, the fifth on top of that stuff. Also, I felt like all your choices before were kind of erased mm -hmm. and then you like it nods to choices you made, but ultimately you're going to come out with the same thing either way. And that was, that was a problem for me. I don't yeah. know. What did you guys think? I really liked it. Yeah, I was really happy with the game overall. The choices, I thought it really highlighted something for me that games struggle with, which is choices are always once and for all in mm -hmm. video games. Um, and so this is like really rough around issues of consent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that choices. So so when I made the choice to uh, sacrifice Chloe, I turn around and I look at the picture. Right. And I'm in a cutscene. I can't choose to anything. In that moment, I want to be able to be like, no, I'm tearing this photo up. Like, change my mind. Yeah. I can do that. As a human being, that's that's a thing I can do. In a game, it's like, no, you make a choice once and for all. Uh, Bo Rubrick showed us a really cool game uh, called, I think it's called like the kissing game or something like that, where you've got to use, each player uses two keys and you try, to, you have these two very abstracted faces that are trying to make out. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they highlighted about this is that because you have to keep pressing these keys down in different combinations, consent is kind of always maintained as opposed mm -hmm. to a one-time thing. And I think that idea that choices are not just once and for all, but they take maintenance. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that video games have not yet done in strong ways. And this kissing game would be like one example of doing it well, um, more as a proof of concept than anything else. But like, I, I would love to see choices be a little bit more ro robust in that way. Not necessarily in, I want five choices, Right. And I want to be able to do whatever. 
but just in the way that a choice is made. I want it to be a little bit deeper and longer. Mm. Yeah, because I, I, one of the first choices you make, I think it's the first rewindable choice, is with Principal Wells, where you can tell him that Nathan had a gun, or you can be like, oh, I don't yeah. know what happened, I gotta go. Uh, and I, in going through both of those choices, I, one way with, with, with the way I made it, which was I told him right away, I was like, God, this guy had a gun. I was just like the naive Ben when I first started playing <laughs> so long ago. And, and of course, he's, he like told my mom and dad. He told Sean Prescott, Nathan's dad. I don't know why I remember his first name. Uh, and nothing happens and you get in trouble. And like you almost get suspended and your parents start texting you like, why would you lie to the principal? And if you tell him or if you, if you lie, if you're like, oh, nothing happened. I got to go. I think that's the other thing. I don't know. I didn't do that. Oh, then you then you get in trouble for for stirring trouble or causing problems because you were the last one in there, and they blame you for pulling the fire alarm, and they tell your parents, and your parents get mad at you. So it's the same result, and I think I was expecting that from those freaking Telltale games that brought in that whole illusion of choice that it seems like you can control everything in those Game of Thrones games or or the Walking Dead ones, and really all it changes is the numbers at the end or like who's with you in the final fight. So I think I just wasn't married to the idea that like, oh, I'm making my own story and my own character. It was interesting though, along the way, talking to the differences, like Kate dying or not. Um, I guess whether like Warren could punch him once or five times could punch Nathan. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Does he does he just kind of punch him or beat the Guybrush three point out of him? Yeah. That was a great example of a moment where like I didn't want Warren to just punch him once. But as he is absolutely breaking his skull, there's it. a moment Loved there where it. I stop him. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it's it's like choices are more complex than just yes or no. Right. Did you warn Victoria about the dark room? Of course you didn't because she's evil. I did. Um, what is wrong with you? Did you kill Frank Stog? <laughs> of course you killed Frank Stog. The first opportunity you had. You're a monster. You know, stuff like that. It, can I mean, I Victoria that, ended that, up in the dark oh, yeah. room anyway. So. Yeah. Also, what is, by the way, did anyone. So when you're going through the hallways, there's a moment where you turn into Victoria. Yeah. Yes. Did that do anything? Like, I was like, did I just make a choice where it didn't make a difference no. or okay that was I thought that was a mini game know. where you had to go to their room right yeah yeah to get out of each one and I thought you yeah. just went to like the five main characters and it did it because you became Victoria I only became I Victoria I thought you were oh, maybe you're right I don't know it was during the nightmare let's talk about the nightmare I loved the nightmare <laughs> yeah I thought it was yeah. really okay. cool the nightmare was really well done yeah it lasted a really long time which I love I think in these episodic adventures I'm always afraid that it's gonna be like 45 minutes and done. But it was it was really long. I liked the fact that the fifth episode was two or three hours. And I liked just that not necessarily every single thing you did had been alluded to the whole game or was like this huge deep thing, but they did a good job of kind of flipping everything you've done throughout the game, which again, going back to Corey's point, I don't know if it mattered what you chose, but just the overall story of the of the game, those first four episodes, kind of flipped it on its head through those last through the throughout the the nightmare. I just thought it was a cool way of kind of portraying the the story. Not necessarily your choices, which would have been cool. I don't think the writing was always stellar in The Nightmare, but I thought it did a great job of evoking uh, some very real emotions. So, for example, yeah. the uh, yeah. Victoria and Chloe making out scene, right? Like, in many ways, like, it, it was poorly done. The, oh, Chloe, your tattoos are so hot. Yeah. Like, what? Right. But remember, but we're the in, idea of the insecurity and... The insecurity, exactly. Yeah. And we're in Max's mind. Max, who I don't think has come out to herself at this mm -hmm. point, right? is still working some stuff through. And it's that feeling of first knowing that you feel this way about someone by realizing you're jealous, mm -hmm. right? 
by seeing that insecurity. That's a very real feeling that I think lots of people have yeah. from a variety of orientations is you didn't know you felt that way until you felt the negative version of it, that mm. that jealousy or something like that. Right. Uh, so there, there were some subtle things that I th- thought I did really well and just the emotional impact of that overall nightmare scene I thought was really you know evocative and important. Uh, let me also just point out um, while we're on this that uh, Mulf just got a new Twitter follower, High Priest Yeezy, uh, who describes himself as Milf Hunter. Hmm. Oh, we spelled it wrong. <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be so disappointed. So, Mulf Hunter. So. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, just, just a little typo here and there. And, just three milfs some... hanging out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, no. Can one self-describe as a milf? That's a lonely life. <laughs> uh, and then one last no segment, I guess, about our choices. is uh, <laughs> Corey, wait, let Corey get in. She has hot takes. I saw them on her face. F. Mary Kill, Nathan, Victoria, and Alyssa. Go. No. What's, what's Corey's take? <laughs> Uh, I don't know I just that whole I mean I think the thing for me is that that whole entire last chapter is such a change in gameplay yeah that it really I feel like if the whole game had been like that I would have been really on board but instead I found myself just frustrated a lot like going through tons of doors and not having a sense of what the pattern or whatever was supposed to be or that goddamn labyrinth yeah that, like the flashlights I, yeah and i eventually had to like look it up because i wasn't i was missing like a turn or whatever and not like and so i walked around that labyrinth like just the first version of jefferson for like probably 35 to 40 minutes oh, I'm so sorry. that's not fun and i was like i hate this so much and then once i go around it's like the constant rewinding over and over and over again and i was like I am going to lose every last ounce of my shit here. Uh, And like, and then the part where you're just like walking through like the replay of all the scenes, I like eventually was like, wait, so these, I don't have to watch this. Right. And I just ran through as fast as I possibly could. Cause I was like, I don't, I'm so, I was there already. I remember this game. It's only been three weeks. I don't, I haven't forgotten what I did. And so that, and I think here's the thing is I wasn't emotionally invested in the game. And so once it got to the last chapter, it's all about your emotional investment in it. And I was like, yes, just get me the hell out of this damn game now. So if that, I just, I'm just realizing this right now as you're talking, cause that was frustrating to me too. And I still sat through and listened to almost all of them. If I hadn't seen those in six months though, or four months or whatever, like right. people who played it when it came out. I'd yeah. probably sit there. I might even be like bawling, be like, "Oh yeah, that happened," and then this happened. Like, I was more emotionally connected, I think, to the characters than I think you were. Even though it seems like I hated them and wanted to murder them constantly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you you treated them more poorly than yes. I did, but you were more yes. connected to them. That's just me. I though. had a two week break in the middle of my playthrough. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so that I got a little bit of that experience, and it was really solid the way you're describing it. Of like, oh right, I forgot about this scene. Yeah. That's I don't I didn't have like any long breaks in mind. So it was more just like, I just saw this. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and that's the experience of video game as homework also. Well, that's yeah, true. Right? Yeah. yeah. I do that's wish they had point. more of the the Mark Jefferson in the first class of the, like, if I could lock you in a dark room and take oh away your gosh. innocence or whatever that line is, which happens in the first scene. Like, it's not like they added that later. Right. I yeah. Went, it just makes it more sinister when you yeah. and you're like, yeah. oh, it, I, that would have been a cool if they had even just like two or three more of those throughout the game, I think. But when, when did cool you figure out it was Mark? When I saw his face, I had no idea. Corey, <laughs> I, I actually was thinking about this because the entire game, I was like, I hate him so much. And I feel like at times you're supposed to like him. But I was like, he's clearly 
a bad guy. Why do we like him? But I don't know that I ever went, he is the bad guy until yeah. you actually turned him. Scene one in the class. I'm like, oh yeah, he's the killer. Whoa! I was like, I didn't know there's I didn't know there was a murder yet. And I'm like, so he's a murderer. <laughs> and Megan's like, what? And I was like, yeah, no, he's definitely the guy. Dude. And the only That's time I didn't so believe funny. it was when we uncovered the the murder thing. Because I was like, oh, it's Nathan That's and Nathan's, Nathan's dad. House, right, right. I guess oh. I guess Mark's just kind of skeezy. Just kind of an alien. Like, Maybe he murders in a different story. It's just yes. not what this story is about. Which is uh, something I was really upset with is when he turns down Victoria. Mm -hmm. I was like, he just spent the evening alone in a school with a high school right. student. Like, yeah. let's not teach high school students that that's an acceptable thing and he's a good guy. Right. Yeah, he's yeah. not... This is not a good guy. And so that was redeemed by him being a serial killer. Right, and me right, being like, right. See, yeah. I told you. Yeah, then everything makes sense about that guy from that point forward. Yeah. But I definitely, I don't know. I also, I think I didn't, I don't know that I ever thought that we would find out who killed her or that she was mm. killed for sure or anything like that. Same, so I think that yeah. impacts how I was thinking about it as well, that I didn't necessarily think there was going to be that revelation. So I wasn't looking for a killer per se. But yeah, I definitely thought he was bad just yeah yeah definitely threw me off at the end when i was like what he injects it and i was like sitting there with my goldfish just like <laughs> yeah no i was yelling i told you yes <laughs> you, i knew man. it yes Jay, how surprised Chloe's dead damn it how surprised were you uh when chloe was in that wheelchair though that must have been a really surprising yeah. sequence yeah, it was for you really surprising ben. Oh. it was very very surprising man. oh ben because because ben was like how far are you guys i was like um <laughs> like, i definitely finished episode two I think I finished episode three, but I'm not sure. I might be somewhere in episode three. And he goes, did you get to the part where Chloe's in a wheelchair? <laughs> and, and I was Which like, Jason thought he was joking. That's funny. No, I got to the point where she was abducted by space aliens. Yeah. Like, cause I was like, was oh man, you're joke. way like, ahead of me. And I was like, and wait, what's I happening? was so confused Same. because I knew Ben was telling the truth. So I thought you were too. Yeah, you both And did. I was like, what? What stupid story did I make up to be like over It was the something top? about her having a flashback with otters. Oh, because yeah. Of yeah, the, the like, otters. That's yeah, so she weird. Got, she gets attacked <laughs> by an otter in the pool. Yeah. All right, what's the drink? Woo! This game's pretty fun. With frustration When I was all done I just had to question What's the drink? What's the song? I can't always tell I just want to know What game is Westy 12? Alright, I'm gonna go first. Hendrix Gin is the drink. Mm, I almost picked him. gin. Uh, yeah, I was this close to that. Nice. Ahead, no. <laughs> but when, when you buy a bottle of Hendrix Gin, it's not is this just a commercial. Buy, I it's not just a bottle of gin you're buying. Are we sponsored now? This is actually the we're just the Hendrix Gin podcast now. When yeah. you lay your head on a Casper mattress, <laughs> it comes with <laughs> that head should be full of three jiggers of Hendrix Gin. Oh my God. Three milf jiggers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it means shot. It's it's oh, an amount, just an amount of, of liquid. Oh, God, I'm so nervous <laughs> now. Me too. Oh. I quit again. <laughs> this is the second time today she's quit. Oh my gosh. All right. It comes with a little flyer tied to the top of the little spout of the Hendrix gin. Tells you about the history of the Hendrix family and what a noble family they are and how it's been passed on for generations and it's like artisanally infused with cucumbers and fairies shit in it or whatever. But it's <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's very like twee. Mm. 
And it's, which is a, I just want to use that word every day that Jason taught me it two months ago. And the game uh, is dead. And it's a good gin. Like, it's a solid gin. But it's probably not as special of a gin as it thinks it is. Even mm. though it's thoroughly enjoyable. I really like Hendrix gin. It's my favorite gin. Ben is his own better Meinhof complex because he just repeats things he heard. So he hears something for the first time and then just says it like four more times. That How you doing? I'm feeling kind of tweet today, guys. <laughs> feeling a little twee. Tweeish. Do, you, do yeah. you like do you like my twee coat? Am I using it right? I got twee on the it? elbows. Wait, <laughs> the is that phrase right? in the game though, you twee bitch, is about the best use of that. Yes. That you twee you could bitch. Possibly that have. That was great. Yeah. All right. You you know earrings are coming out as someone says it. <laughs> it's like the person just like confused as to whether you insulted them or complimented them at that point. Why? Thank you. <laughs> I would like some seven up in my white wine. <laughs> All right, who's next? What are we at? Drink or song? Drink? Drink. Okay, I'll drink. I mean, I'll, you know I'll what I mean. I'll drink. <laughs> um, my uh, pick was just a, a red wine of any kind. A house wine, <laughs> a cab, whatever floats your boat. Um, because, you know, you, you take a few sips of it and it's really nice. You have a glass or two. Um, but by the time you suddenly realize you finish the bottle, you know that's going to be a hell of a headache. <laughs> later on and that's yeah. how i felt God, with this game was like ah oh, i'm enjoying this this is delightful and now i'm awake at 3 a.m cursing my life and having anxiety dreams it's fair yeah uh we don't have the rights to ub40 so you can't choose that as your song <laughs> curses foiled again life is strange uh i'm gonna keep it high school and go natty ice um Ooh. and my answer is because that is high school beer wow mm. that is a beer that you are not allowed to buy if you are 18 a good um, point. Those, those are the rules. That's a law. Second turn, you turn 18, no more Natty Ice. So, <laughs> yeah. That's my reasoning. All right. I okay. believe that's what Warren was drinking. Nice. Mm. What's, your, uh, what's your song? Uh, so, the w I think it's important to know how I got to my song, which was, oh, oh no, I didn't think of a song. What am I going to do? The same way I always get to my right, song. Right, right, right. Mm, yeah. Uh, I know. I'll just go to the soundtrack for Juno and pick one. <laughs> that's a great soundtrack. That's actually a good idea. It's a great, it great soundtrack. But I decided, I decided Cat Power's cover of Sea of Love, nice. um, which is, it's a phenomenal rendition, but to me it felt like it could be playing in one of these sets. Yeah. And yeah. the scene might be better for it, because it's a really good song. Nice. Come with me, my love, to the sea, the sea of love. Uh, so, oh, yes, the, my own fan fiction of Chloe and Max definitely playing to sea of love there you go. uh and let me be clear it's not just straight up flash fiction it's very romantic it's nice it's sweet uh somebody like breaks something and then they like are able to repair it together like it's, it's a full uh deep love story i want to and then they have a pillow fight in their pajamas right <laughs> obviously wow by the way fan fiction is a big part of this game I, and i, I think I part no of doubt. how like this plays out as being so important to lgbtq people yes uh that there's like a and there was a name for it too and i can't remember i mean it was love is strange mm. um oh. but yeah that there's like a whole like fanfic about this uh game is like a huge genre in and of itself so i'm just gonna go Very search special. for nathalissa up there and see what I can find. You know what? I'm sure it exists. <laughs> Someone out there. Uh, we also, two things we didn't mention, speaking of fanfic, is there are two separate comic book series that came out in, I think, December 2018 based on Life is Strange. And also... The Ben comic books are for kids. That's true. They yeah. are for, for... If you know any kids, buy them this, this Life is Strange series. 
uh, and also Hulu bought the rights uh, two years ago to do a um, to publish to disseminate. I don't know to make a show about it. They have written it, but it's still in French. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they need to write it again. Wee oui, wee, oui, hello wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> oh no! All right. So it's going to be a show or a movie? A show. That's interesting to take like choice out of. Or are they going to bandersnatch it? I don't oh, know. Okay. Oh, Hulu's first bandersnatch. Yeah, That'd be Hulu's awesome. First bandersnatch. Gonna, are you going to bandersnatch this, you twee bitch? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We've stumbled right. upon the most confusing phrase in the English language. So many bleeps in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Corey, what is your song? On the last episode, you used a chicken or something yeah. to bleep something. And I genuinely <laughs> took my headphones out and looked for a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this time it's gonna be police sirens. Oh, God, no! Don't do that. That's my like PSA to all podcasts. Will you put Don't that in put a song? Sirens. That is not okay. That not is okay. not okay. It's, I will pull over. Yeah, it happens all the time. Anyway, okay, my song uh, is probably one that you guys don't know, um, but it's very delightful. Did you guys see the movie Robot and Frank? No, no. But I want to now. That sounds awesome. It's, oh, it's I love those words. It's the most like <laughs> yes, robot and Frank. It's the most charming movie on the planet. Frank Langella plays this old man who has like a strained relationship with his kids who are James Marsden and Liv Tyler, I think. Wow. And yes. um he like doesn't want any help from them and things like that, but they get him a robot assistant. And it turns out he was like a bank robber before, and he Basically Stop telling enlists. me things. I'm buying this movie. I want to <laughs> yeah. own all of it. This is, yeah. I told you it sounded great. Yeah. So this robot becomes his best friend and wonderful things ensue. I love robots. Yeah. I love heist movies. Yeah. I love Liv Tyler because of Empire Records. I love Spike. I mean, we can do it all. Uh, not Marsters, Marsden, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, damn it. Never mind. Just as cool. Um, Just as cool. Yeah, 30 that's rock. it. I'm it's out. over. I'm out. Cyclops. Anyway. So. Um, 30 Rock. The score. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, with Chris from 30 Rock. So the score yes. of the and soundtrack of this movie is done by Francis and the Lights, which I assume is one dude. Um, I've never Googled them or anything like that, but I have now listened to all of his slash their albums on Spotify and they're delightful. It's got a kind of Peter gabriel -y sound oh. to it and is really nice. So he has a song um, or they have a song that is called It'll Get Better. Um, and this song, or it'll be better. And so it's basically, it's like a really simple song. It has very few lyrics. And the basic gist of it is like, my life's pretty teeter tedious and I don't know what to do or say about anything. Um, but I'm sure if you come back to me, it'll fix everything. I, and that's how I see Max's like sort of self-destructive relationship with Chloe um, and ultimately like world destroying relationship with Chloe if you chose that ending. But is this sense that like, you know, everything is kind of crappy and whatever, but like, I'm sure like whatever choices I have to make, whatever I have to do or say, as long as you come back to me, it'll be better. It'll be great. So that is my pick. It'll be good. better by Francis and the lights. I like that. Sounds really good. I'm gonna check out that movie now. <laughs> Top that. Nice. There's a SARS guard in this. There's a SARS right. guard in it. <laughs> Susan Sarandon. It. Yeah. Uh. Oh, and Susan Sarandon is like your adorable geek dream girl in this movie, too, by the way. What? Like, it's really weird, but somehow, what? like, she looks like she's 20 years younger than she is and is just so that's not cute. Weird. And that is it's, Susan Sarandon. She, she, I mean, that's true. Less. Like, she is just, oh, she's a dream girl. Yes. Watch that movie. I went with, and mine's not important how I found it. Okay. I'm not even going to get into it. But <laughs> Lua by Bright Eyes. It's the most, yes, I'll yes. say it again 100%. 
Twee. Twee. Emo, which is just like bright eyes as a whole, right? But it's like self-important. It's just like him and an acoustic guitar in like a small room. Mm. You can just hear the small room in the song. And it's just like, I hear Isn't it and I'm song like. song on the soundtrack to the game? Is it? There, there is a Bright Eyes song on there. Oh, it might be. It might be. Which is, which is Lou, is it? So you just forgot. Is it that one? I don't know. I guess that's every Bright Eyes song. I, yeah, I think so. That also sounds like every song in the the game. It, it yeah. wasn't until today that I looked it up that I realized they weren't all the same yeah. artist. It very much is like different versions of Bright Eyes is what the soundtrack yeah. could be. <laughs> yeah, no, that is the song that's in the game. <laughs> oh, really? Nice one, Ben. Yeah. Well, I'm, I feel even better about it. We've chosen songs from the games before. But anyway. That's fantastic. You just didn't do it on purpose. Like last week when I didn't recognize that happened. That's a, that's amazing. Wow. Uh, there's, in just listening to the song, reading the lyrics, there's no real plot or like climax to the song. It's just kind of like what you were doing. Whatever it goes, right? A lot of the visuals share similar scenes to Life is Strange, which is kind of the main reason I picked it. And a lot of the feeling and the emotional weight, weight might be too strong. Emotions, I should just say, uh, with her relationship with Chloe, you're present in just kind of singular lines, not necessarily over the whole thing. But the last stanza I thought stood out, and it was kind of a great summary of Max's kind of like mindset near the end, which is. I'm not sure what the trouble was, what started all of this, the reasons all have run away, but the feeling never did. It's not something I would recommend, but it is one way to live. Because what is simple in the moonlight by the morning never is. It was simple in the moonlight by the morning never is. It was so simple in the moonlight, now it's so complicated. Um, no, I'm like, I'm cheerful right now. Like, I've got chills. I just love that song so much. Oh, nice. Okay, now you're one-upping my great hit. Whatever. Sweet! Okay, cool. I didn't know if the silence was like, wow, Ben's an idiot. Did he even play this game? Ben, ben told me about something I already loved. Yeah. You told me about something I have yet to love. Oh. Which is really better. We're adorable. Oh, right. I think Corey's is better because I wouldn't have gotten a chance to love it without Corey's <laughs> Wow. <situation. laughs> and let me tell you about the, the thing you love, Jay. It's not going to change your life because you already I had to make. I had to make a decision, Ben. Hey, guys, what else? You have to pick your favorite. That's how that segment always his brother for his friend. All right, gin or wine? Go. No. Okay. What else are we gin. playing, guys? What are we playing? Gosh. Ooh, I'm, I'm playing um, Hollow Knight. Oh. Yeah. Let's Hollow Knight. Mm -hmm. Let's Hollow Knight. Uh, my my friend John, who probably listened to this. Hi, John. Um, he is the proprietor of the gaming bar down the street. He right. um, was frustrated with this game the other day because he was having trouble beating one of the bosses on it. And I was like, I have it on my Switch, but I haven't actually played it. That's Jason's experience with this game. Really? <laughs> I was yeah. like, for some reason, yeah. his frustration made me actually want to play it. And nice. so I started and now like I had to like rip myself away from it to go to the gym today. And I all I wanted to do when I got back was play it. But I was like, but... Jason asked me to actually look up some stuff, so I should do that instead. Yeah. But I really wanted to play Hollow Knight, so that's what I'm playing right now. So you also haven't figured out how to play a Switch on a treadmill. Like, I'm going to solve this. <laughs> I'm going to do it at some point. You need a and stabilizer of some Then form. I'm done. Yeah. That's it? That's all I do from then on. <laughs> That'd be kind of amazing, actually. Oh. Some sort of rig, like a helmet or something. I don't know. There's a Neil Stevenson character who does that. He plays World of Warcraft on an elliptical. I feel like an elliptical would, well, maybe be closer. I don't know. I don't know. But I think it can be solved. I think this is a a nut that can be cracked. 
If I can build a Game Boy, it's true. I can dodge a wrench. Let's talk about that, Jay. That's that's you've been playing build Game Boy. Oh, the games I've been playing. Um, I've been playing two Game Boys. Yeah, at the same double fist in Game Boy. I'm better because I make the hair nice and silky smooth. <laughs> I get the hair so clean. Stupid. <laughs> okay, no more it's talking. It's weird you how done? much I've quoted that this week, so I'm glad you are too. Continue. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, so I uh, built two Game Boys this week. Uh, these are Game Boys running Raspberry Pis, which means they've got emulators on them. So I'm running everything from Atari to N64 and PlayStation games. Um, and so I've been playing a ton of stuff. Uh, I found out that my favorite game ever is still probably Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. So good. Um, but can you play it fun. on a treadmill? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right, it's out. Like at a slow pace? I think so. Right. Oh, wow. Um, right. I definitely play it while I'm walking around. Wait, wait, wait. Are you guys, the walking around thing reminded me, are you guys playing Harry Potter? Wizards Unite? No. Uh, I don't, I'm not a Harry Potter Remember we fan, talked about get, this. I'll try and get Megan into The Hell's it. family is not about Harry Potter. Our wives are. Tell your wives to get on it and add me as a friend. Remember I asked you and Nick like a year or two ago, I was like, hey guys, we didn't like Harry Potter, did we? When we were in high school? And all of you just like <laughs> rained just... down upon me. Yes, we all loved it. Ben, you're an idiot. I clearly just like, yeah, erase that from my memory. Jason, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I have no idea. I never read anything. I think I saw one or two of them, I think. Yeah, I, I was talking to Megan about um, Chance the Rapper and I was like, oh, this is such a great line. It's uh, Scar scar on my head, I'm the boy who lived. Like, isn't that like a good evocative line? She's like, it's from Harry Potter. Oh. It's just a straight up Harry Potter reference. That's all that he's doing. And I was like, oh. That's hilarious. I, I guess it was good when she wrote it too. Speaking of which, uh, Paul Rapper the Rapper, can you put that on my uh, oh, Game Boy? Yes, I will put Paul Rapper the Rapper on it. It's all in the mind. Call. If I'm, you want to just me, there. I'm sure you'll find. Okay, anyway. Wow. There you go. I love Parappa. So good. Guys, I'm a gamer, so I'm just really excited. You're I've been playing a ton of old school games. Um I've been playing some Earthbound. Uh I want to get that on the show at some point. Um or just at least some old school JRPG. And I downloaded Dead Cells uh, a couple weeks ago, and that's really a fun roguelike that I like. Uh but the most fun has been playing Final Fantasy IX with my four-year-old daughter. Wow. Um, and I do all the voices and read all the things to her and we're six hours in and it's a blast. And I'm really hoping like listeners, please at me, let me know. Do I need to like get her to bail at some point? Cause I've never played Final Fantasy nine. Um, it's one of the main characters going to die. Like, do I need to mm. like, just, just, you don't have to tell me what happens, but just be like, yeah, she's, she, there she will be trauma. That. It needs mm. to stop. So if anybody's played Final Fantasy nine, just, uh, get in there let me know maybe i should send one of you to go out and read the wikipedia article and just let me know well that's one way to do it too yeah smart crowdsourcing is what we call that oh and i went to a video game camp oh uh, what in in, in canada, canada where my girlfriend lives too um <laughs> all of this sounds fake yeah but no it's it was at uh <laughs> university uh ubc victoria um and it was amazing. It's called DHSI, Digital Humanities Summer Institute. I took the video game class. And so I spent an entire week learning about video games and making my own video game because we had a game jam for the last three days. And so we would all go home from class and like have a couple beers and then go back to our rooms and make our video games. This is the and Jasonist so thing I've ever heard. much fun. Oh my gosh, I loved it. Shout out to everyone in that class. I will tweet at you so you know you're being referenced. That you're shouting. Uh, but it was so much fun. Shouting. I'm shouting so much. Out. So much shouting. <laughs> uh, and that's that's where I met Bo Rubert. Uh, oh, nice. So that's, that's all the connections. Got some side quests coming yeah. up, I think. Or some between two chucks, maybe. 
Oh, so many chunks. In that conference. <laughs> yes. I think this is the only game I've played the past few weeks, especially because the NBA season just ended. So I'll be playing more games this summer. Including Unraveled 2. Including Unraveled, which I downloaded the other day. I'll be playing that with Hannah this weekend. And I will report back. Oh, we didn't talk about... I didn't talk about Play With My Spouse on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, There's yeah. There's not a lot to talk about. I had her play the first uh, You're going to have a hell of a time editing this. I know, right? <laughs> I guess long story short, short story short, she didn't love it. She stopped playing. <laughs> the end. Uh, Hannah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Been anyway. There. Uh, so I played it uh, with my wife. and um, My wife. We... I knew it was coming. I God, mean, it was in the way you yeah, said it. It I was, know, right? I, I feel like that wasn't on me. Uh, <laughs> so um, for the first <laughs> so two episodes, I did all the playing. Yes. And she did the watching. And then um, I think it was episode three or four that, oh, yeah, I was working on the Game Boys and I was trying to put stuff together. And I was like, could you just play through it and I'll just watch and help? And she did great. The one thing she didn't have a skill for that I, I kind of realized is like a learned skill and not a natural thing was the second joystick oh. uh, Same. looking with that. Same issue, yeah. Like, and, as in, like, the just, thing to, like, move the camera? Yep. Yeah. Which is, like, the, the classic F- FPS controls, right? Yes. Yeah. So once you're used to that camera movement, but, like, the first game you ever learned that on, I'm sure it's, like, monstrous. Yeah, this is not the first time I've done that, and still, like, probably 40% of the time, I went to look up and look down. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm with you on... <laughs> I also didn't think the I thought the camera controls were a little weak. Like I I thought they were It's hard to they, tell they if it's me or the camera to be honest with you. Yeah. They they often had me like looking in a corner <laughs> when I was, you know, yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah. Other than that, and so we kind of got to a, a happy medium of when we're in a place where there's lots of talking, she runs it. And when there's a place oh, where there's lots nice. of moving around solving puzzles, I run it. And so ah. it, it was easy to just trade off that way. Also cuz she would get mad at me cuz I would make the wrong choice. <laughs> Good. You uh, didn't good. say anything. That's great. I like it. All right. Anything else to note until next month? What are we going to play? Oh, oh my gosh, Yeah, that's important. It's kind of an essential segment in this show. I thought this was the final episode. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> and we're out. Yeah. Don't check us out because we're just closing down all of our social media accounts. <laughs> all right. What are we playing? We don't, we don't even know. We're doing the thing again where we just pick live. We do it live. Yeah. Which, by the way, so Jason or Ben, you sent that list of games earlier and the one that jason was like nope is the one that i already own i was like oh Oh. but also oh the messenger yeah i was like if you didn't like it chances are i probably wouldn't make it very far either i liked it until the second half and as it started to open up i was just like it just kind of got thin okay i was like i was was expecting more i felt like i was unlocking a bunch and it just wasn't happening The, the three i narrowed it down to by myself now i'm consulting you were were the messenger which is like an action platformer uh, Broken Age, which is our closest link to LucasArts, because it's a double fine game, which is Tim Schafer Jam. He stemmed off from LucasArts. And Friends of Ringo Ishikawa, which we talked a lot about last month. Are the other two PC or oh, all Switch? They're all Switch. Then whatevs, bruh. Let's Ringo it up. Okay. Ringo! Oh, hey. so I know Jason wants to do Ringo. We got to do a 90s game next, though. Okay. Yes. All right. So Earthbound. Perfect. Great. Earthbound is Good. like 38 hours or 28 hours. Perfect. Perfect. We'll talk. Hold we'll it. talk. Love it. All right. Cool. Ringo. Friends of Ringo Chicago. Boy. Oh, that's true. Oh, that'd be fun. Anyway. Right. Until then, enjoy Ringo Ishikawa, everyone. Uh, we'll talk to you next month. Uh, you can check out our website, menoflowmoralfiber.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the links are there. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, which you probably should after this episode, please email us at momfpod, M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D, just like the band, at gmail.com. And if you want to support us financially or just look at our stupid video we made three years ago, 
Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash M-O-L-M-M. What? I said M. That's not even a letter. M-O-L-M. T-I-double-G-R. Mulf. It's Mulf. You know how to spell Mulf. Ben's having an aneurysm and we're just laughing about it. Oh my God. Ben, some of our followers don't know how to spell Mulf. Let me be really honest. I have been Ben. Oh no. I will be Jason. Oh shit. As always, I'm a mighty pirate. (sighs) Best not to dwell on the past. (laughs) Old Samuel looks forward like a clock. 